All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. This episode is part of the Founder Series where I explore the mental fitness required for entrepreneurs and teams to thrive during the most demanding phases of building a business. Because when minds thrive, so do innovations, teams, and businesses. We all win. Today, we have a real treat, pun intended. (laughs) So cheesy. I'm speaking to Mesa, who held previously positions at the NFL, Uber, Daily Harvest, SoulCycle, and now the founder of Behave, a company making delicious, low-sugar, all-natural ingredients, guilt-free candy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It's great to be here. I mean, how could I not be excited to talk to you? I mean, <laughs> you've got <laughs> such a fun brand, your personality. People will see this. Uh, we'll see that come out in the show. But there's just such an energy uh, towards what you and the team are building. And it's exciting. How yeah, are you feeling? We're excited. I mean, we just get to talk about and make and eat and sell candy all day. So, um yeah, always try to remember that because it, it is fun at the end of the day. Yeah. So we, we're, we're very lucky to be doing what we're doing. Love it. All right, before we get into all the work and you know some of the core questions in this series, uh, I'm going to kick off the interview like all guests get, and that's just the same question. And it's, it's really to j- avoid job titles and, and whatnot. Um, and that's just like, who are you? You know, like what, what are the main characteristics that, that make you, you, and, and I realize this evolves over time. So this is always a fun, like snapshot in time. And hopefully we do multiple interviews as the years go and we'll see how that answer changes or evolves. But right now, who are you? Yeah. Um, so I'm Mesa. <laughs> um, I am currently the founder at Behave. Uh, like you shared, we are a low sugar, better for you candy company. Um, that is really what is on my mind most kind of hours of the day at the moment. Um, but you know, outside of, of business, I am someone who I think spends a lot of time with friends, a lot of time with people. Um, I am kind of learning more about myself. I think I'm that introvert extrovert mix where I, I get a lot of energy from people and then I retreat into my, my bubble of my home and, and recharge. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, in terms of background, I grew up in, in the suburbs of DC. My family are originally from a very small country in North Africa called Tunisia. I spent my summers growing up going there. And, and I think that also is, is a big part of who I am and, um, and yeah, just my upbringing and my, my worldview and my perspective was, um, was kind of growing up in that way. And, um, yeah, that's, that, that, I think that's a good place to start. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what's, you know, like how, why don't you give a bit of background on how everything kind of came to be? Cause this is, you, you know, you haven't, uh, you haven't always been uh, an entrepreneur. You've obviously just sharing some of the background. You know, you've been in other companies and seen different phases of business. And here you are. I mean, just rocking an awesome uh, brand. And what's the language that that's used, the better for you? Mm. Candy, which I'd love to unpack that a little bit more later. But yeah, like how how did that come to be? Yeah, absolutely. So um 
In terms of career, you know, my background is really in brand marketing and business development. And I've always sort of lived somewhere at the intersection of those two things, sometimes leaning more towards brand and creative, sometimes leaning a little bit more towards partnerships. But um, yeah, always sort of um, working within how we can use um, partnerships to develop brand and how brand also feeds into um, what we're doing in terms of partnerships or business development or growing, growing the business in that way. So you know, you, you shared some of the brands that I've worked at uh, a lot, all consumer facing a couple different industries between sports, um, tech and wellness and a lot of different stages of business as well. Right. A legacy brand in the NFL, um, you know, a high growth tech startup in Uber and then very early stage with Daily Harvest. And I yeah. think all of this really laid a foundation to where I I just understood the power of brand and understood the emotional connection that you can create between a consumer and a product through that brand piece. And also Mm -hmm. seeing when that brand piece is missing or when something goes wrong. Also, a lot of these brands I work, I've worked at have also gone through those, um, have gone through some trials and tribulations when it comes to the brand, right? Um, So seeing what happens when there's a breakdown on the brand side as well and how that impacts the consumer and the business. So, um, you know, I I think that really laid a foundation for me to, you know, if if I were to ever start a company, as I obviously ultimately did, um, brand would just be at the core of everything that we did and and the way that we built the business. So um, the way Behave came about is really just that I'm a massive sweet tooth. Um, (laughs) You and me both. Yes, I I just always have been. I I do think it's, you know, maybe the backstory is that growing up, my father was diabetic. So we were like a no sugar in the house, you know, household. So I think what that created in me a bit was almost this addictive quality when I did get my hands on candy as a kid. And then it kind of continued just into adulthood where if there were sweets and candy around, I just really felt I really didn't have that much self-control around it. Um, And, you know, that's okay. I think in your teenage years, you get away with it. You know, I was playing a lot of sports. I, um, you know, just not really paying attention to how food was impacting me, but you get a little older and you start to really realize like, wow, if I have a candy binge, I'm going to pay for it. Like I'm going to have a stomach ache. I'm going to feel sick. I'm going to have a sugar rush and then a sugar crash. I'm going to be like falling asleep at my desk come, you know, four or 5 PM. So, um, really starting to feel that impact. I I felt like, all right, this doesn't work for me anymore. Um, but I don't want to give up candy altogether also. Like I've never been a restrictive eater or a restrictive like dieter. I've always been someone who very literally wants to like have my cake and eat it too. Like I want to have that health and wellness aspect, but also, you know, not have to give up the things that I love. So really started, I would say like cleaning up my diet in a lot of different ways. I, I found some great alternatives and various categories of, of food, whether it was ice cream or, um, you know, dairy alternatives or, um, you know, po- carb and pasta alternatives and, and really notice the difference of it when, you know, when I cut in certain things out, I feel better, you know, sugar mm-hmm. particularly too. Like there's a connection, I think between sugar and anxiety for me personally as well. Yeah. Big so, time. um, that, that became very real for me, but 
candy was the one category really where I wasn't able to find a good alternative. And that I think for me was sort of as a consumer, it was this moment of disappointment where, you know, there were great options and alternatives popping up in every category and candy was missing that. So I was just kind of bummed. But I again, I was never going to tell myself, all right, you can't eat candy at all. So I I continue kind of, you know, go to the movies, grab two bags of candy, eat them all and feel so horrible after. Um, So I think through that process, and and at the time I was working at at this health food startup, Daily Harvest, I did start to wonder, you know, okay, what's the opportunity here? And why is this missing in this category? Really starting to look at it from a business perspective as well. and, And seeing that, Candy is a massive, massive category, and there has been no disruption. It is just so entrenched with um, with these long-standing legacy incumbents, and the way that the candy they make is made, the ingredients that are used, um, really just don't align, I think, with how the modern consumer eats or thinks about food. Um, and that was, I think, sort of the aha moment of maybe there's something, maybe maybe there's an opportunity to present a better option in this in this space. Yeah. I love the, I just, I love the notion behind like in the past, how like we would just go hardcore, like cutting like all carbs or all this, all that. And like, be surprised that it doesn't work because it's just, it's too extreme or aggressive. And like, you you know, most people don't have that sustained willpower. So it's just trying to figure out a way to, you know, to use your words, like eat your cake or have your cake and eat it too. Right. Like, there are, there are, yeah. it's possible. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be so extreme. And also like, there's also, I mean, this is what I, your brand uh, experience obviously comes out loud and clear, but there's like a fun element to candy. And I think you've shared this before in other interviews, but just like as kids and stuff, right? Like yeah. we get so pumped and excited. Totally. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with coming, you know, bringing those emotions back. If totally. frankly, we could all use that these days. Yeah. Um, but I do want to ask, because a lot of people have great ideas. Many don't go anywhere with them. I mean, it takes a certain kind of person, a certain courage to take the step, you know, that from my understanding, you did reaching out to uh, a celebrity chef, Elizabeth. I, I forget. What's her last name? Elizabeth Faulkner. Yeah. Yes. So like what gave you, what pushed you to do that? Yeah. And to be completely honest, I also took a long time to take that step. So I, like I said, I sort of had this initial idea while I was at Daily Harvest, you know, working in the health food space. I explored the idea a little bit. I had a friend who was a chef. We spent a couple of days in the kitchen. We didn't get very far working with alternative sweeteners, natural sweeteners. There's a lot of challenges that it presents. Um, I contacted a couple of manufacturers. They almost laughed me off the phone. Um, And I just sort of tabled it, uh, ended up, you know, continuing, just uh, went into the next step of my career in a really incredible opportunity at SoulCycle. Um, But it kind of stuck with me in the back of my head. And, you know, I'd walk into movie theaters or airport, you know, drugstores or um, convenience stores. And I'd always just make that walk through the candy aisle, not to buy anything usually, but just like, it, you know, what, what's here? Like, is, yeah, is, something is, one new. Of, <laughs> is, is there anything new here? Exactly. Yeah. And I think it was probably about a year, maybe a year and a half after the initial kind of thought, um, that I was like, all right, there's really nothing happening here either. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe this product can't be made, but let me go find out. And that's, that was the impetus to say, all right, 
let me start to break this down into smaller steps, right? It feels mm-hmm. very overwhelming to think I need to go from zero to having a finished product on a retail shelf, right? That yeah. is so daunting. So I was like, all right, step one, maybe maybe there's a reason this product doesn't exist. Maybe you can't make a candy that tastes good without using artificial sweeteners and maintaining that low sugar and calorie count. But let me find out. And so I am very admittedly, I'm not great in the kitchen. So I, I know I'm, I always am so impressed with founders that are like, and then I went to the grocery store and then I got in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, It just wasn't going to be me. There's also a lot of food. There is some sort of, um, there's a lot that goes into making a gummy too. The ratios have to be perfect. So I knew I wanted to find, I, I knew I wanted to find a partner who could help me answer this question. And that was where the outreach started reaching out to a number of chefs, celebrity chefs, um, particularly because I figured if this does go somewhere, you know, it'd be great to have someone with just that built in reputation and credibility behind the product. Um, and was really lucky to connect with Elizabeth. And that really was how I got from zero to step one. Elizabeth is incredibly talented. She's our head of candy. She's very much our, we call her like our modern day Willy Wonka on our team. And, um, And she answered that question for me very quickly, you know, within a few rounds of just testing things out and sampling, she made something that tasted incredible. We ran the nutrition panel. It was a completely clean ingredient list. And it was, I think the first version was maybe two or three grams of sugar. We're now down to one gram of sugar per bag. Um, And so, you know, that was where we sort of had that moment of, okay, we we can make this. Um, We do have, I think, a a certain expertise within product and within our recipe that is very unique to us and, and very much the product of Elizabeth's, you know, knowledge and, and what she's brought to our team and to how we develop product. And that was sort of that validation of, okay, we have something here that nobody else has. And, and now let's go to step two. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like it's the results of, I'm just reading some of your brand pillars or principles of partnering with chefs, not food scientists, right? And like yes. bringing in real, uh, well, bringing in the people that that really care as well, yeah. which is, I think, Absolutely. the fourth one, like giving a damn, right? Like there's just some really core or fundamental principles there that continue to show up, which is really yeah. uh, excited to, exciting to experience. So just Thank you, by the way, for, for sharing the background. And obviously, I'll link to, to everything in the show notes in terms of uh, leading people to the candy, which is so good. So good. Um, but I'd love to shift and just talk about like where you and the team are at right now in terms of the phase of the business. From what I can see, I think you've raised a seed round, right, of investment at this point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, we did raise some funding. Um prior to ever launching, you know, when we sort of had that validation of, we had a great product, we had a great formula prototype, we had found a manufacturer that was willing to take us on um, as a small business. Um, And we had a few other pieces in place, we did raise some funding. um, And that was sort of the catalyst that got us through kind of launching and and coming into the market. Um, And we launched uh, in August of 2020. So a couple months into sort of the lockdown and, and the pandemic. And, um, 
that did definitely present a lot of uncertainty. And obviously the market and the way people were shopping and purchasing and thinking about food had shifted significantly in the past mm. couple months. So we did make that decision to launch entirely focused on direct-to-consumer, uh, spent about the first year of business in the direct-to-consumer space. And then it was last summer that we started to roll out into retail. And um, what we found is, um, I think, you know, at least our view is that the market has very much returned to retail shopping for sort of food and grocery. And, and that's really, um, you know, come back, you know, despite sort yeah. of the pandemic and how much people did shift to online purchasing. Um, people are back in stores and, and we see we were almost surprised and blown away by the results that we started to see in those first couple retail stores that we launched into. So that's now become a really big focus for us in addition to the D2C and, and e-commerce side of the business. Okay. So, I mean, there's no doubt. There's a lot There's a lot going on. There's a lot more to do. Um, also, I, you know, I, I, I'm just making assumptions, but I'm assuming with with investment, there's also you know, increased responsibilities, or you've got people that other people you're thinking about as well. And so I'd love to just, you know, just get your opinion around mental health, mental fitness. I there's a there's a really nice line that I heard uh, from you, I think it was an interview in uh, with ad week, and you said, you need to ask for help, you need to know when your plate is too full, or maxing out or reaching any, you know, anywhere near burnout yeah. or something like that. Absolutely. So, I mean, as you know, this, the, this series is, is very much focused on identifying uh, those moments and how we can help others that are going through uh, those phases of the business. Like, where are you at personally? Like, what have you gone through so far? What, like, what <laughs> flags are you, you know, keeping a, you know, or being mindful of, I should say? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. You know, I think in terms of where I'm at, it's, um, it is very much, you know, the, the cliche is that it's a roller coaster, but there's no better, you know, yeah. I think analogy, it's just one day you're on top of the mountain, the next day you're down in a cave and you have no idea how you're going to get out of it, you know? And, and I think, the, what I really have been trying to work on and, and just kind of from like that mental fitness perspective is how do I make, how do I, how do I sort of shorten the, um, the, the band, right? Yeah. When the band is really wide, then the highs are super high and then the lows feel super low. How do you start to compress it where even when things are going well, and that's not to say not to celebrate or not to get excited, but you know, sort of find a status quo that you don't move too far up or down from because at yeah. the end of the day, things are going to happen. Things are going to come up every day that are good or bad. If you're constantly reacting to every single trigger, every single, you know, emotional trigger. And again, that can be a good or, or a bad trigger. Um, or I should say a, like a positive or a negative, I, I, you know, good or bad is maybe a bit loaded, but, um, but you know, th that's what creates, I think, that's a lot the of the, that's what creates a lot of the chaos. Exactly. And that's where you really um, the the energy that gets spent moving from the high down to the low back up to the high again. It, it's a lot of energy. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's been a practice for me is trying to figure out how to um, just exist more in a neutral state. And, and um, you know, mm. I, I think people talk about this in, in your personal life too. It's like the goal shouldn't be to feel ecstatic joy all the time. The joy there, the goal should be to feel content all the time. Yeah. Right. And then, um, 
so I, I think that applies here as well. And, um, and that's definitely been, I think, part of the, the journey and, and part of the, the work for myself as sort of like a founder, like leader in this, in this business is, um, you know, how do we just really focus on what's in front of us and, um, and not get too, too pulled and, and, um, not sort of, you know, get off the roller coaster in a way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I say try because, Oh yeah, no, not I hear found you. The You're human. <laughs> yes. You're human. Hello everyone. I first wanted to say thanks for being here and I hope you're enjoying the show. I wanted to let you know if you're interested, I just launched the Better Questions newsletter designed to provide you with a consistent 15-minute opportunity to pause and think. Because a pause leads to clarity and operating with intention where we all win and thrive. The newsletter is short, simple, and practical, providing with three quality reflective prompts and mental fitness twice a month. But as always, I'll adjust the frequency based on your feedback. Never forget, at any point, you are always one question away from a completely different life or outcome. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com, which will also give you a free preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. BehindTheHuman.com. Now back to the show. But I mean, you do strike me as someone that is quite self-aware because I mean, that that's one of the skills I, you know, just being in this, this line of work, any, whether it's meditation, journaling, breath work, or really anything that you're doing around the mental fitness space, typically those practices help boost your self-awareness so that you can actually realize, oh, I'm on that roller coaster in the first place. Right. And also not kind of fall in just the autopilot of just kind of blinders on and just just keep going, but just recognize yeah. and slow down and pause, right? To yeah. think, what, where does that come from for 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 you? Or I guess uh, another way to to phrase the question is just like, what what are the practices that help yeah. you continue to develop that self awareness? Yeah, I I mean absolutely, and I, and I know I know the feeling of sort of that state of where you're just on autopilot. I think that's such a good word for it. You're a victim of your emotions and you have no mm. control over them or awareness over them. I don't know if I've yet gotten to the place where I feel super in control, but I think I'm at least at the place now where I can be a bit more aware. I can know where something is coming from. I can know if I'm if I'm feeling sleepy at 7 p.m., it's like I can connect that back to, you know, something disappointing yeah. that came up during the workday or, um, you know, that I I didn't get my workout in for two days in a row and and now I'm sort of crashing or, you know, I, I can have the awareness of it. But I, I, I definitely because I've also just been someone who's always put a lot of um, importance on my work and my career and. Um, it's always been very important to me. I'm very driven by, you know, succeeding and, and making the people that I work with proud and making myself proud as well. And so when I was in that autopilot state, it's exactly what you're saying. You just are, you're it's, it's really feels chaotic, right? Like Mm -hmm. you just, you're, getting mad at your sister and you don't know why. And it's like, yeah, because you got really disappointed at work today, but I could not, I none of those connections were happening or, you know, you go out and you have like one too many glasses of wine and you're like, why did I do that? I, I don't need to do that on a Tuesday yeah. night. But then it's like, oh, because 
work was really stressful this past week and I'm taking it out in a different way. So um, I think what's really helped me just to start to at least be able to identify like what is driving, you know, these different emotional states or these different emotional responses. I mean, first and foremost, therapy, like I started therapy a couple sure. years ago. Um, and again, I just, I just felt so pulled by everything that was happening and I couldn't actually pinpoint what was causing different emotions to come up. And, and then I was taking them out in unhealthy ways and, and I couldn't understand why. So therapy, I think was kind of the first big step definitely picking up a lot of books like in this space and just really starting to try to read and understand. Um, they, you know, I, I see people talk about this a lot, but just really cleaning up the content that you're absorbing as well. Like, you know, trying to remove nutrition. Yeah. Trying to remove certain things from my feet, even just like as simple as your Instagram feed. Right. If, if there's that person from high school that every time you see their posts, you know, it just gives you that pang. I don't know if it's someone that bullied you or someone that you just didn't get along with, like just unfollow or mute or it doesn't have to be there. Or same with, you know, I know for some people it can be, um, people that, you know, it, it can be any reason or just some of that, you know, so even some comedy content that leans a little bit mean, or that just has like that negative energy around it. I just really did a cleanup, I think on social and then tried to infuse content that was more really positive, um, content that pertained to business or what I was mm -hmm. trying to do. Um, I think that was really helpful. And then definitely introducing a journaling practice and a gratitude practice that is super consistent. Um, and then okay. exercise too. I think yeah. I used to really, lean on exercise as a means to an end. I just had to get my workout in. I had to sort of like burn a certain number of calories just to like get it. You know, I just had to check this box and I really didn't enjoy it. I played sports growing up. I love playing sports, but then as I, you know, into adulthood, it was like, Oh, just get this treadmill run out of the way or just get this, you know, one workout yeah. class out of the way. Um, and I really have since shifted my perspective with exercise where it is part of my mental health routine. And it's even if I just get 10 minutes walking in, or even if I just get whatever it is, I'm really viewing it as like a gift to myself and a gift to my mental health, not a way to just like achieve some physical um, output or something yeah. that feels like a physical need. Um, I, I've really it's shifted my perspective there. Yeah, that's, that's super helpful. So it sounds like you've got a, a nice like handful of almost like non-negotiables to, or at least a list that, that you can turn to, um, that I really encourage people to just like, also just ask the question, like, what are the things that put a smile on your face without any shadow of a doubt, or to your point, um, make you feel better and so forth. Like, and just sometimes just having that list yeah. gives the, you know, gives the confidence of, okay, if something does happen, um, there's obviously we want people doing this consistently. So there's some preventative mental fitness, but yeah. if something does happen, like you can, you have a list of tools you can turn to yeah. not alone. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think also like the other thing I'll say too, is I definitely felt at sort of like the beginning of this journey, this pressure to identify certain things and then like force myself to do that. Like journaling was one where for years, of course, I've heard people say journal, pick up the journal, just write one page a day, whatever it is. And I just never felt called to it. If I opened a journal, I just had nothing to write. And I think yeah. what I also will say is like, 
let your body sort of, or like your mind pull you to the routines that make sense for you. Because then one day I just was so full of like emotion that I had to get out of myself. And that day I picked up the journal and I just like wrote everything, I don't know, 10 pages or something. And then, and then it, it didn't stick as a habit for me right that day. Then it was, I just left it on my nightstand. And then maybe a month later I picked it up again and a month later. And now I journal twice a day, like almost to, uh, like a routine that I will not miss at all. Um, but I think what was important was removing this feeling like you have to do this. I don't even now feel like I have to do it. I feel like I want to do it. And that is what keeps me on the routine. It's the same. I mean, I guess it just goes back to the exercise example too. taking it out of taking out this idea that you have to do certain like mental health or self care routines, because then it's no longer self care. Now it's homework, you know? So yeah, finding the things that just come naturally. It's so important. I, I mean, I hear this one often uh, on the, in the meditation space, right? Like, oh, I have to right. get in my meditation or I didn't right. get in my meditation today, which is, I mean, I, to your point, it's like kind of counterintuitive to what the practices are supposed right. to be giving us, right? Yeah. Um, and also, they're, I mean, they're called practices for a reason. I mean, right. just be, be kind to ourselves yeah, with these things. Yeah, true. I think, I think what, at least what what's helped me the most over the, over the years, and, and I've been journaling probably over a decade at this point. And obviously, as you know, I've been quite uh, passionate or invested in the space. But even for myself, I mean, the, the, the greatest release on my side has been releasing the rules around mm. what journaling is for me like that. Mm. Okay, at the time, I had to do it in this one app or something, or right. I had to be pen to paper, because I know those science is even better in that 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 totally. method. And just released all of that yeah. and saying to your point, like, do it when I need it. Yeah. And that maybe in the middle of a day when something comes in and, and rocks my mind, mindset and it just takes literally three minutes to reset and reframe your mind into, you know, more of a creation positive state. And like, that's the benefit of the practice. Like, forget all these, these things that we attach to, right. whether it's journaling or, or any of them. And I think just know that you have those tools right and you know if you can do your best to prioritize some time throughout the day to inject any of those Mm -hmm. like that's been the other big thing it's just it's not journal meditate exercise it's right i'm prioritizing 30 or 60 minutes in the kind of pre-day like what i like to call yeah early morning and that time is to really set you know set up my mind and 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 body to thrive for the day right totally what what questions do you think founders in general um, are not asking at this phase of the business that you know that we should try to identify so that we don't get to these places where they the teams just go full throttle and burn out mm-hmm. and then next thing you know we don't have awesome candy anymore mm. <laughs> right like we yeah. don't want that yeah. Um, that's such a good question. I think something that I've definitely had to learn, um, is when to take a break and, you know, that's not to say, I I think I've, I, I think that I, I'm pretty good at, you know, allowing myself space to travel or, you know, go somewhere else or, you know, yeah, like get out of the house or whatever, but I'm still kind of on 
And finding yeah. that time to go off, I think is, is one that I've definitely struggled with and, and something that I'm still working on. And what I have found is every time I've just let myself take a day completely off, like almost, I, I almost, the, the, they almost end up being sick days for me because I feel physically sick, but I'm not sick. I don't have a flu or a cold, but like that, my body has just really reached its breaking point. And it's usually yeah. coming from something like more emotional, I would say, but I just can't even, you know, get through my day sort of. If I try to force myself through that day, I get, I still get nothing done and I've not rested. It's sure. been a really big learning for me to just be like, all right, lights off you know, under the cover, let my team know to like reach me up on my cell if they need me and just, um, just take a pause because then every single time I've done it, I come back, I literally wake up and then I get a good night's sleep that night. I wake up the next day with a completely new energy, um, yeah. completely remotivated, you know, I can almost see solutions to the problems that were getting me down. I suddenly can see these new solutions that I was just so deep in these problems and so sucked into them that I just couldn't see. Um, of course. that's been, I, I, I don't know if this is, if that's like an answer to the question you asked, but I, I think that's been a really big learning for me. And, um, Oh, I guess the question was around sort of like what founders can be doing, I guess, like to, to kind of avoid well, some yeah. of these, like just some of the questions. So even, even with that though, you know, it sounds like, I mean, again, you're self-aware, so you know when you're reaching those points, but I guess what questions would would you like to be asking yourself to not get that far yeah. down the road? Because I get it. I, I There was this insight when I, because I spent about a decade in the corporate world before jumping into to entrepreneurship. And in that world, there's burnout all the time, but it's different burnout. It's like, you just have so much work to do and right. like, it's different, but then all of a sudden you come into, if you, especially if you're running your own company, the same burnout is there. Right. It's, just, it's passion fueled now, which I, I'd right. say it's even harder, right? right? Cause you don't see the work right. as work, but to your right. point, you get to, you still get to these walls that, right. you know, aren't, aren't really healthy for anyone. So yeah, yeah I guess how, and I, and thank you for being open and vulnerable and sharing that like this is like a current thing that you're you're in. This is real life, right? Like you're human yeah. with the rest of us. I guess what wh what are you working on to try to, I guess, shorten that curve yeah, <laughs> or shorten that yeah. cycle? No, I, I think it's a great question. I think in terms of like what are the questions that I can be asking myself to just sort of preempt some of that stuff is like, have I like, am I following my routines? And yeah. like, have I done something for myself recently? Like, what does my, how does my body feel right now too? Like tuning back into your body. I think when you're running a business, you're in your head, you're so in your head, you're mapping out future scenarios constantly. You're, you know, you're thinking about responding to an email. You're thinking about this person you need to, you owe an email to, like, you're so, um, you're so up here that yeah. sometimes when you tune back into your body, you're literally like, oh my God, my back hurts. Like what? I just need to stand up or I just need to like stretch for five minutes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So like, how does my body feel right now? I think that's a big one. Um, and I mean, have I eaten? Have I drank water today? Like it sounds Basics, crazy, yeah. but I think some of that stuff that we really miss. And if you can, to your point, if you can just 
find those check-in points, you you can probably, I mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm giving advice to myself right now this through this awesome. chat, but um, <laughs> yeah, even now I'm like, I have not drank one sip of water today. Um, but Lisa, yes, on. no, I know this is, I mean, no. And, and I always want to be honest that I don't want to yeah. sit here and give advice from some pedestal. I don't know. I'm still learning all these lessons as I go and I'm still, yeah. Um, and I'm still, yeah, I, I'm nowhere near, you know, I don't think anyone will ever be operating, um, you know, at, there's no optimal like operating point here. You're, we're all just kind of figuring it out. So, um, totally. and then I think the other question that's important, just, just to your point about just, it's not just burnout for you as the founder, but for your team as well. So I think finding those check-in points with your team too, um, for us, the way we try to preempt it is um, we have bi-monthly check-ins that are very like feedback and sort of personal, almost like focus like a little bit more on the personal, not just kind of what's your to-do list and are things getting done. And um, it's more, it's a two-way feedback session between me and every person that um, sort of reports to me on the team. And um, that way I can also kind of hear and understand what's going on with them. Um, And then again, just trying to preempt with, you know, even just our policies, like we have a flexible vacation policy, but we have a minimum number of days that everyone has to take off the grid. So offline, not on email, not, you know, moving projects forward. We have mental health days as well that are required um, to be taken. We have a wellness stipend that is sort of like every month, like, you know, use this money with intention to like do something that is really a self-care moment and whatever that means for you, but like have intention behind it, you know? So, um, we, we've tried to put some of these pieces in place, but you know, you still have to be constantly checking in and, and constantly in tune with your team and, and understanding where they're at as well, because they're, they're working, you know, just as hard as you in, in these startup environments. And, um, and it, it, I think if you're not, if you're not yeah. doing that, then it's, you're going to, you're going to become sort of like a hamster wheel company where people are in and out every six months. And, and that's, totally. that's not productive either. Well, and it's just, yeah, like, I think, especially at this stage in the business, it's everyone is, is susceptible to this like passion burnout. Cause for the most part, like yeah. your core team that's Absolutely. there are like really, you know, to, to be able to, to be in that stage, there's like such belief and such passion towards like really, really making this work that, yeah, like everyone's kind of uh, in that in that phase where it's almost like, OK, some check ins. I feel like the theme, though, and I, I love those prompts that you left. I feel like the theme is um, helping people really identify the personalized practices and, and like the fundamentals or basic non-negotiables, I guess, for your own health mm-hmm. that are, are like mission critical. And then being able to set it, set up the checkpoints for yourself individually and as a team to say, okay, am I off like any of these, any of these, these items on yeah. the list? And like, how can I reintegrate them into my regular routine? And then yeah. you know, kind of back on track. Totally. Super helpful. Totally. Super helpful. Totally. Amazing. Well, I want to respect your time. I'll, I'll, I'm going to start to wrap up. I just want to ask though, like what professionally, uh, personally, whatever, doesn't matter. It's, it's totally up to you, but what, what truly makes you smile? What are you excited about? Oh, great question. Um, professionally, I would say my team, 
makes me smile. I just feel so grateful um, for the team that we've built for everyone around the business. You know, we've been very intentional, I think, about who we bring in and um, and building sort of the camaraderie and, and the connecting with the team on a personal level, not just sort of business and professional. So, um, and I just think that our team is, is awesome. Everyone is really great. And, um, on a personal level, what makes me smile? Um, I mean, a lot of things. I think I try to generally just find fun and humor in, in a lot of stuff, even the hard stuff. I think I generally can make a joke or laugh at it, you know, at, at some point. So, um, I guess my friends, my sister, you know, just the people that are around me that are my support system through, through all of this. I think that's, um, yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you. I mean, thanks for, for obviously making the time to come on the show, but a bigger thank you for just showing up, you know, today and every day, like you and, and open and vulnerable and, you know, just coming to, to the world with this awesome energy and all of that brand experience and excitement. Like it just, it oozes out of the brand, but it oozes out of you as well. And there's a lot of people in the world that have and will benefit from that. So thank you oh, for staying the course. Thank you. Yeah. Same. I mean, I can say the same to you, Mark. I, I appreciate you and I appreciate you um, having me on here. Amazing. Amazing.